Welcome to Rusk Insights on Rehabilitation Medicine, a top podcast featuring interviews with thought leaders in the field of PM&R from Rusk Rehabilitation at NYU Langone Medical Center and other prominent rehab medicine institutions. Your host for these interviews is Dr. Tom Elwood. He will take you behind the scenes to look at what is transpiring in the exciting world of rehabilitation research and clinical services through the eyes of those involved in making dynamic breakthroughs in healthcare. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode in the Rusk Rehabilitation Podcast Series. Today's interview is one of many that will make it possible to learn about developments in the field of rehabilitation aimed at improving the lives of patients. I'm honored to have as today's guest, Dr. Jonathan Whiteson, who is Assistant Professor, Department of Rehabilitation Medicine and Department of Medicine, Vice Chair for Clinical Operations, and Medical Director of Cardiac and Pulmonary Rehabilitation at Rusk Rehabilitation, NYU Langone Health. Dr. Whiteson, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. His research interests include cardiac rehabilitation for patients with advanced congestive heart failure, after left ventricular assist device placement and after heart transplant, pulmonary rehabilitation of individuals with advanced lung disease and before and after lung transplant, and the role of mobile health technology in facilitating cardiopulmonary rehabilitation throughout the continuum. His medical degree is from the University of London, and he completed his residency at Rusk, NYU Medical Center in Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, where he also completed a fellowship in cardiac and pulmonary rehabilitation. He is certified by the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. So, Dr. Whiteson, given the kinds of patients being treated at Rusk, are there any conditions such as medically complex cardiopulmonary stroke or TBI that make it more likely that a patient could become a candidate for readmission within 30 days after being discharged? Yes, when we look at the population of patients that come not just to Rusk but to any inpatient rehabilitation facility, uh, we recognize that there are a combination of factors that predispose patients to potential readmission. Let's not forget that the people who are admitted for inpatient rehabilitation typically are those who are sicker from the medical perspective and functionally least able to go home. So these are very, very complex patients. I think something that we are paying far more attention to now is this condition of frailty. And frailty is defined in a number of different ways, but incorporates several different factors, including loss of muscle strength, underlying that is loss of muscle function and loss of muscle bulk. And this plays a significant role in the functional decline of people. We recognize it also through a lack of energy, a lack of endurance. And so people who have Uh, low muscle bulk, who have lost weight through loss of muscle mass, who are weak and who have limited endurance, uh, we have recognized this as a significant uh, contributor to risk for readmission. As well as frailty, uh, the number of comorbidities, medical issues that uh, make a case complex, the number of uh, these medical issues significantly impact somebody's risk for readmission. The more they have, the riskier it is. 
the number of medications as well. When patients are sick and have multiple medical issues being managed, they tend to be on many, if not a, a dozen or so medications. And this makes their management, not just in the hospital, but certainly when they go home, very complex and lead, can lead to potential errors and difficulty with compliance, and that would predispose to readmission. Many patients uh, that we see have complex social issues as well. As people get older, their social circles tend to dilute, uh, there's fewer caregivers available. And so if people uh, have difficult social circumstances, apartments that may be difficult to access in terms of stairs to climb, they no may not be able to get out very much, these complex social factors also contribute to difficulty with compliance with a given plan following discharge, and that can lead to readmission as well. A few more issues that we need to take into account, cognitive issues. Many of our patients are getting older. They may have had pre-existing cognitive decline. Some of their conditions, including the brain injury patients, the stroke patients, even cardiopulmonary patients, who have cognitive issues related to perhaps delirium, they find it very difficult to manage and coordinate successfully at home because of those cognitive issues. And again, that leads to poor compliance with uh, treatment regimens and readmission. So these are some of the factors which we consider while a patient is on the inpatient rehabilitation unit at Rusk and certainly consider as we're discharging patients home because if we try to put these things right, if we're able to put them right, we are able to positively influence the readmission rate. Along similar lines, enhancing patient mobility and physical fitness prior to discharge would represent a way of preventing possible hospital readmissions after their discharge. What measures are employed to determine their fitness levels along a variety of reasons that you just mentioned about all of the things that constitute a complex case? So I guess one example from a physical fitness standpoint would be the six-minute walk test. What other kinds of measures do you use to try to make sure that these folks are okay to get back into their communities or into a, another type of facility such as not necessarily long-term care, but something that's out there that is at a lesser level than being in a hospital itself? Yeah, it's very important that we pay attention to these factors that can produce uh, a readmission. And on the other side of that, if we can uh, address those factors and help people be successful at home, there are measures that we look at in the hospital, which give us a sense of how successful somebody is going to be in the home environment. Strength in general, through manual muscle testing, or even as simple as hand grip strength, gives us an indication of a degree of frailty, as I was discussing before. And frailty is, as I said, significantly associated with readmissions. So if we assess somebody's uh, strength through a hand grip strength, there are norms, age and sex match norms, which if somebody is significant below, significantly below, it gives us an indication that they may be at risk of readmission. And so it helps us focus on strengthening, not just of the hand grip, but of all the major muscle groups to help people uh, be successful when they go home. Another test is the timed up and go, which is a test that uh, evaluates how long it takes somebody to stand up and walk a few feet away from a chair. 
again, there are age and sex match norms. And if somebody is significantly below that norm, then it gives us an indication that they may not do so well. And part of our testing to see a patient's progression through inpatient rehabilitation is to see the improvement in the timed up and go time. Balance is also very important. Falls being a very significant risk for patients who have had stroke or brain injury or are frail and debilitated from medical conditions, cardiac or pulmonary conditions. And so we evaluate balance through various different scales. One that we use is the Berg scale, and it allows us to understand the risk somebody is for falls and allows us to focus on some of the issues which contribute to a risk of falls. Weakness is one of them. Cognition is another. Sensory deficits are another. Visual issues as well. We focus on all of these areas. We look at balance and fall risk from a multifactorial perspective, and it allows us to focus on that again during the inpatient rehab stay. If we are able to improve that Berg score and reduce the risk of falls, we feel much more confident that the patient will do well going home. The six-minute walk test is an interesting test. It is used in much of the literature, It is a test of endurance. Patients are asked to walk as far as they can in six minutes. They are allowed to stop as and when they feel they need to. Uh, They can use assistive assistive devices if necessary. From my perspective, it is is quite a subjective test, a little less objective, but there is good literature to suggest that an improvement in a six-minute walk distance correlates with improvement in strength, improvement in endurance, and reduced risk for complications once people go home. So it is used. We do test our patients for the six-minute walk test. And I think when we put all of these things together, hand grip strength, timed up and go, Berg balance score, six-minute walk test, as well as other measures of strength and endurance, uh, we're able to evaluate somebody's fitness level, their functional level, and their appropriateness for home. Uh, And if we've managed to improve these scores, we also feel confident that we've been able to perhaps reduce potential readmissions. Well, it's interesting that among the group age 65 and older, the number one reason for having to go to an emergency department is the result of a fall. So it's pretty common, definitely. Anything that can be done to reduce that possibility is going to save lives and reduce medical costs and everything that goes with it. There's no doubt that uh, reducing the impact of falls in a rehabilitation population and in the general population that's aging is very, very important. Falls are very common, associated with many different factors, medications, blood pressure issues, home environment sensory issues, weakness, and if we can positively impact falls risk and the consequences of falls, then I think we're doing a great job. You mentioned earlier that patients will be discharged and they go to the home. Perhaps in some cases they might have to go to a skilled nursing facility for a little bit of while. Do you think it makes any difference which direction they head in once they leave Rusk? Have you seen any differences in that regard? So if somebody is not ready for home, sending them home is the wrong thing to do. If we send somebody home from the hospital, from acute inpatient rehabilitation at Rusk, and they're not ready for it, 
then the likelihood is that their care is going to unravel and they will be readmitted. And that's not good for the patient. That's not good for the healthcare system in general. So in the appropriate case, somebody who needs ongoing care, who's not medically or functionally ready for home, going to a subacute rehabilitation center is the right thing to do. Uh, we're in an age where healthcare uh, looks a great deal at the economics of the system, which I understand we must all be fiscally responsible. There's not a never-ending pot of money to help people maintain their health wherever they may be. So we have to be responsible for healthcare across the continuum. Sending people to subacute rehabilitation when they should be in acute rehabilitation is also not the right thing to do. We see patients who go to subacute rehab facilities when they are too medically complex to be managed at the subacute rehab facility because their care delivery model system is different there. And we see their health and their care unravel quickly. And there's an increased risk of readmission. So if the wrong patient goes to the wrong setting, the risk of readmission is significantly increased. So the right patient to the right place at the right time, make the decision based on the needs of the individual at that time. Steps in the discharge process which seem to involve patient needs assessment, medication reconciliation, patient education, making arrangements for outpatient or home-based services, and perhaps even doing some telephone follow-up. To what extent are these elements being incorporated in a new pilot program that's been launched at Rusk? So discharging somebody from the hospital or from an acute inpatient rehabilitation facility is a complex process. And we recognize that there's a lot going on for patients as they're going through the hospital-based system. And when patients get home, there are uh, many things for them to manage in order for them to have success in their ongoing care. The government, uh, Center for Medicare uh, and Medicaid Services, have recognized that these transitions in care from inpatient stay to home are, are weak points in patients' care continuum and thus have developed programs in order to try to strengthen those transition points and to promote the success of a patient's care. At Rusk, we have recognized as well that we have many complex patients with lots of different issues, and when they go home, it's a real challenge for them to manage. So we have developed a transitional care management pilot program, which we've implemented recently, and the program is really there to establish a continuum of, of high support care for patients in the early days when they go home. The patients and their families are introduced to this program as soon as they reach the inpatient rehabilitation floor because it is part of a culture to engage them in that they're going to be closely followed in the 30 days following their discharge from the hospital. Before patients are discharged from inpatient rehab at Rusk, they already have a follow-up with one of our outpatient physiatrists within seven days of discharge. Within two days of going home from the inpatient rehab floor, they have a phone call from one of our discharge nurses. The nurse is going to look to see how the patient is feeling, how they're managing, have the home services been established, has the visiting nurse come in, 
just to make sure that everything is okay within the first 48 hours of going home. Within a few days of that phone call, the patient's going to come and see the physiatrist in the office. If there's an issue with transportation, we will arrange and support that transportation. But it is key that we see the patients soon after discharge. Again, the goals of that visit are to make sure that all the home services have been instituted, that the visiting nurse service is coming in and the patient is getting their home physical therapy and home attendant, that they have all their medications and that they're compliant with their medications, that they have visits with other physicians already established, like a primary care doctor or their cardiologist or their surgeon. We want to make sure they have and know how to use all their durable medical equipment. Did they get their walker? Do they have a tub bench and a slip mat for the bath? These are all areas of weakness or of vulnerability when patients go home. So it's very important that we establish uh, and make sure that uh, all these have been taken care of. And of course, we make sure that clinically that the patient is stable. This transitional care management model has been shown to be effective in reducing readmission rates within 30 days. And so far, it has been very positive for our patients as well, incorporating the 48-hour phone call, the seven-day visit with the physiatrist, and the focus on these first 30 days to make sure that somebody's care at home is complete and comprehensive. Dr. Weitzen, I'm going to conclude part one of this interview by thanking you for sharing your insights with our listeners about several important topics pertaining to rehabilitation at NYU Langone Health. A second part of this interview will be made available on a separate occasion for our listeners, and they're invited to access it also. Thank you again for joining us. You can learn more about Rusk at nyulangone.org slash Rusk. Also, be sure to follow this podcast on Twitter at Rusk Podcast.